Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we continue our crossover with Russ and Rachel of Locked On Flyers, and we're going to break down some of the biggest names in the upcoming NHL draft. We're talking Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, David Yurachek, Yaroslavkovsky, Matthew Savoy, and so many more, and that's all coming up inside today's episode. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. I am one of your hosts of Lockdown Canadians. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. We're going to keep this intro brief because we have our continued crossover with the wonderful folks of Lockdown Flyers, Russ Cohen and Rachel Donner. And we're talking about some of the biggest names in the upcoming draft pool, some rebuilding stuff, a lot of good stories, a lot of good information. If you want to know more about Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, David Yurichek, Simon Nemitz, any of them, that's all coming up in our crossover with them. So on Locked On Flyers, we have not talked a ton about Shane Wright because we assume that perhaps the Montreal Canadiens will be picking them. So excited to get to talk to y'all about him a little bit, as well as Logan Cooley, who is another I think dark horse potential pick for the Canadians, certainly looking to go in perhaps the top three, maybe will drop, but we'll see how that plays out in the draft. And we haven't talked about him on our show since December. So uh, let's get going. Uh, first off, what are the chances do you think for the Habs to actually pick him first overall? It seems I... pretty likely, to be honest. It seems like the the Canadians. I think what happens at the at the beginning of every year is that like this guy gets picked as like the number one, right? And then it goes through that until almost the end of the year when people start asking questions, sort of in the early spring, and they're like, "Should this other guy go number one? Should this other guy go number one?" And so what's kind of happened in Montreal is it seems to be like a two horse race between him and Yuri Slavkovsky, which I know we're Slavkovsky, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later in today's show, but. I think, you know, if you look at the way the Canadians kind of need to structure their team, it looks like they would go for Shane Wright simply because he seems to be a reliable, good player, whereas the other players kind of come with a little bit higher risk, maybe, but potential higher reward, but they can't afford to tank this pick. And so if they pick Shane Wright, it's fine. It's, it's a lot safer. Uh, a lot of people want them to kind of go a little bit off the board. A lot of fans want them to grab uh, New Jersey's number two overall pick, which I don't know how they're going to do, um, and then get both Shane Wright and Slavkovsky because we can't just have nice things. We need to have all the nice things all in Montreal. Things. <laughs> uh, but I do know, and it seems, you know, from the reporting, and, and, and I'm sure Russ will agree having been there, from the reporting, it did seem that the Canadians did show interest, not just in Wright, but in Cooley, as well as Slavkovsky. And they talked to uh, all three players for extended periods, maybe not all over dinner, but they did show quite a bit of interest and have a lot of good conversation with those players. So we still aren't 100% sure, but it just seems like the kind of thing that the new management would do is pick Shane Wright. Yeah, and... 
he I know that we we've had the back and forth and Russ obviously is going to know a lot more about Shane Wright than I do. Laura and I have discussed the discourse around this in that don't galaxy brain the first overall pick. There's a reason why Shane Wright has been the guy in that position for so long before, you know, anything else happened. Just do the smart thing. You need a center for the future behind Nick Suzuki right now. Don't don't be stupid with this, quite frankly. And I like Shane Wright. I like a lot of his game. I don't think he's Patrice Bergeron because no one besides Patrice Bergeron is Patrice Bergeron. I do think he's an incredibly smart hockey player that fits really well into the system that Martin St. Louis is, put, is building uh, with the Habs this season. And that that is reason enough for me to go, he's the guy. He's been the guy, and now he's the guy that's going to mesh with the new coach guy. Yeah, I, I would be hesitant. Uh, for the, I would tell the Habs fans, really, do you want to pick off the board after you've picked like Michael McCarron and Nikita Sherback? And, and, you know, like, is this really where you want to go? History tells you you shouldn't do that. Uh, Shane Wright's really good. Shane Wright had a great playoff. Shane Wright has a body that's ready for the NHL. He's got a brain that's ready for the NHL. But, of course, there was this, well, hey, is he taking time off during games? No, he when he has the puck – he does gather it and sort of relook at what's going on offensively. I've seen Adam Fox do it. I see a lot of guys do it. Panarin does it. And it's to, you know, gauge what's going on on the ice, what's breaking open, who you can get the puck to. And, and he does that. He does that well. He plays defense really well. The other things that, like, the media that was just parroting this dumb, I feel like it was a dumb narrative, was they didn't want to focus on some of the most important things about Shane Wright off the ice. And, and I did talk to him about that, the way he mentors young players, the way he even in practice sets an example, the way he um, always is trying to get his linemates to be better and always thinking about in-game how to improve. These are important things that would help out Marty St. Louis, a new coach, and nobody's even talking about it. And, and it's a really big part of Shane. Shane is, is very mentally strong. At one point, he was just getting peppered like, hey, he's not Connor Bedard. And when I got an early interview with him months ago, I remember I brought up that to him that I said, hey, you haven't had a lot of highlight real goals. And he's like, look, he knew exactly where I was going with it. He goes, I don't care about that. I I score him when I score him. I get the points I need to. I do all that. I am not a flashy player. That's fine with me. And you know what? And that should be fine with with. The Canadians, I think the Canadians were doing their due diligence as they should. And you should always interview more than the first person who you think you're going to take is just in case. Because what if you learn something that does change your mind? I also look at Kingston as a team that like Kingston still has some pieces, but isn't a top OHL team. It's Shane Wright doing, you know, what he can with the pieces around him. A team like Hamilton yeah. is a little bit older and loaded up like they're yeah. going do things Windsor's the same way Shane Wright's doing the best he can with having missed a year and Kingston the way the CHL cycles through powerhouse teams and everything you know Kingston lost a year of that in developing guys like Zade Wisdom and you know Martin Chromiak along yep. with him that's important to take into context that it's Shane Wright's show it's he doesn't have the support system that some of these other guys do the U.S. development program is loaded with talent of course, guys in there are going to look a little bit flashier when it's the Harlem Globetrotters every night. He doesn't have that. The new, the lack of nuance around people describing Shane Wright, it's, it's almost frustrating because I'm not a prospect expert by any means, but I can understand how you know things work and how when things aren't going 
or aren't built the same way for one player or the other. You're not, you're trying to read them all on the same level. And that's not what's happening here. Shane Wright's a phenomenal player. He's a smart player. And I think it's important that if you don't take into context, the other things around it, you're missing the point when it comes to analyzing him going into the draft. Yeah, I feel that way too. I think you're, you're spot on with that. Then is, you know, if we switch to, to Cooley, uh, Cooley's interesting because he has really rocketed up this year where everybody knew where Shane Wright was at. Shane Wright was basically playing against himself and his own reputation. And, and John Tavares went through that and others have gone through that too. Um, but, and, but with, with Cooley, he uh, has a little more speed than Wright. He is a little flashier, but you know, like Scott said, does have the benefit of playing with some phenomenal teammates. He does have great hands though, through traffic. Like he's probably the best in that in this draft and works his edges great. He might be better at Shane Wright with edges, but speed-wise, they're both really close, like they are. Uh, I like his brain. He plays a great two-way game. He's That's coming to uh, focus the last year, but so does Wright. I mean, that's not a big deal. And there could be a belief that, hey, you, you know, like Shane Wright, you could see his body is already pretty built up and maybe just, you know, extra conditioning, get a little faster is what you have to do. But there's some real molding that can go on with Cooley. I think there's another 10, 15 pounds that he could add, and that really could add a lot more to his game. You know, maybe a little extra speed burst, a little strength in that traffic while he's able to get through. So, yeah, both both centers. Cooley works at it really hard. He's really good on faceoffs already. Like, I get it. You want to, you know, me, if, if I – I'm drafting in the top five. I would prefer a center over any other position simply because that's what's costing me the most on the, on the free agent market. If I have to get one, because I haven't been able to draft one, you do have Suzuki. And, and honestly, if you, you know, whether it's right or Cooley, Cooley would take a few years. So, Hey, that would be, you know, money off the books that they don't have to worry about right away. They could wait a couple of years till they make a determination. And if they get right, Hey, you could start them off at three C don't start them off at two C don't do that to them. Start him off at 3C, let him work his way up, give him something, but don't put him on the fourth line because that's that's just silly too. And I don't think St. Louis would do that. So, you know, there's a difference between the two players, but I I, I think the Canadians will, will still go with the first. And they wanted to talk to Shane Wright first. They did talk to the others, but the point was they leaked out about a week before that they were talking to Shane Wright first because you don't have to just because he's the presumed number one. You could talk to anybody in any spot. The other thing with Cooley, and we when we talked about him on Lockdown Flyers, it was before the draft lottery. So, of course, we still had maybe some hopes that the Flyers would move up and have a chance at him, is that um, that exact point that Russ just made about him playing center and having a little bit more time and you could save the money and all of that. So that was a huge part of it. The other part of it, too, is that he's a Pittsburgh kid, and that would look a lot of like really fun stuff about having a kid who grew up as a Penn fan being like a future star for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean Crosby's his idol. Like he played yeah, as you yeah. know in Crosby's on Crosby's league that he has, and you know, so yeah, that would be fun down the line for sure. I think that you know what it's not completely out of the realm of possibility until it is right because we mm-hmm. still don't know what New Jersey's doing with their second overall they're they're still shopping it if if reports are to believe then you don't know who's going to try and move up and all of that so it's possible that either the flyers can move up and Cooley will be available to them or some people will make off the board picks and Cooley will be available to them don't say it's over until it's over <laughs> no that's fair there's always going to be off the board picks 
yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to do that this year in the top five. Uh, although, when we get into Slavkowski, we'll we'll chat about that. But beyond that, it's a hope. That's it. You hope. And before we get back into our whole uh, crossover with Locked On Flyers here, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Built Bar and their new flavor, Caramel Brownie. Who doesn't love a nice, rich, chocolatey brownie? And how about one with caramel swirled in that has 17 grams of protein? And well, guess what, folks? You are in luck because Caramel Brownie Bars are now available at Built.com. And you got to ask back because they're going fast because they are a fan favorite. You don't need dessert. All you need is Built Bar. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. It is the ideal thing. Take them in the morning to work like I do. Take them for fuel midday in your lunch. Take them if you're going to the gym for afterwards to help with recovery. There's so much and so much versatility within Built Bar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Go pick up some of the new Caramel Brownie, some of the other flavors, including Built Puffs, if that's more your speed, and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. So one of the other interesting questions, I think, going into this draft is the case of the two defensemen that are available in Simon Nemich and David Yeratek. And I think there's conventional wisdom saying that Nemec is going to go before Yerichek, but Yerichek is a very appealing player. And so Russ, looking from the Habs perspective, is he worth go? Is either one of those guys worth going down in the draft for, or do you trade up to get a second top five pick for either of them? Well, I mean, they, they have a lot of picks. I guess it's possible that they could trade and get a second top five pick. If they did, sure, one of these guys would be probably be the reason because they stuff they definitely still need help on the blue line, and they definitely will need a top power play guy because because even you know Romanov's not that guy. He could play it, but he's probably a second power play guy. So they they you know they need somebody else. So that is a possible scenario. Uh, the difference between the two, it's interesting. I Yurichek. Uh, it's just kind of like this destroyer on the ice. He has all the point scoring ability that Nemec does, but he has that other physical edge that Nemec doesn't have. He, when he plays on a team, and this has been true like for a lot of his career, he's had to be the best player on his team. So he's had to do almost everything. Like I remember watching a little bit of the World Championships and watching Yurichek. Like he's got to bring up the puck up the ice. He's got to figure out that next pass or take the shot. He's got to figure out how to set up the power play if he's on the power play. Like you know, because he doesn't have much talent around him, and that's the way it's been for him. Where Nemec, I feel like, had a little bit more talent. He's um sneaky fast. He's smart. He does have some uh, does take some dumb penalties. I felt. At times, but he's really good offensively too. Uh, I think both guys are comparable, and maybe Yerchek could be slightly better offensively. Uh, but but Nemec could be a guy that improves over time. Definitely has the ability to be a top four defenseman too. I think they both have a chance to be you know top pairing guys. But I think Yerchek is more slated for that simply because I think that extra little size and toughness. That's something that I, I felt like. That was where I ranked him a little higher. And I think teams are going to feel that way too. 
I think one of the things is that when you're got when you're a player with that role, you do have to have that toughness. I mean, there's a lot of conversations about skill and toughness and all of that, but we're talking about guys who already have the skill, right? Like that's yes. that's the, it's already there. And I think one of the reasons that Canadians fans keep asking this question is particularly because right now in their system, they don't have anybody that could be that top pairing defenseman, right? They've got guys right. who might make it. They've got some really great players. I know, like we're you know we're we're big fans of Caden Gooley, for example, mm-hmm. but there's still like a question mark they've got great depth defensemen in their prospect system but they don't have that guy so a lot of a lot of Habs fans are like you could kill both both stones uh, both birds with one stone in this draft and walk away and start building your core tomorrow if you do that but obviously they're going to have to try and trade up so my question to you is from a flyers perspective because it does seem like both of those will be available around where the flyers are picking like what are your thoughts on adding guys like that uh, I'll, I'll just go first, just for, and then I'll let, Ra- and then Rachel will go. The only thing I'd add um, about Gooley is I think he's a guaranteed lock at a number two. I don't know if he's a number one. Um, that's what we'd have to find out over time. As far as with the Flyers, I think both of those guys will be in the discussion uh, when the draft starts. I think only one of them will be there when they pick. I think this will be the big decision for them. I have no idea which guy they value over the other, but just based on the way they've been basically working the last couple of years, I'm thinking they're going to want the guy who's bigger and tougher, uh, especially since even Provorov hasn't really proven on that a- angle as far as being a you know toughness. They have you know they have Ristolainen, but they you know that's on a second pair. You like to have him on the top four too. So I think that's where they would look at. But I'm not sure how Rachel feels. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, and, and this is what we've been talking about, the giant question is, what's Seattle going to do? Because it yeah. feels like they're the least predictable of any of these top five teams in terms of what their pick is going to be. And the Flyers are kind of at their mercy, right? So if Seattle decides they want to go bigger, stronger, tougher, and take a guy like Yurichek, then Nemich is available, although hopefully that means Savoy is still there and maybe they'll consider him as well. But I think that, you know, from these two defensemen perspective, I think either one of them would be okay for me if the Flyers picked them. But, you know, there are these these differences in, in their games. And I think Juracek is more what the Flyers are looking for right in this moment. So, uh, again, we'll see. We'll see what Seattle does. I agree with that. Yeah, Seattle is a wild card here, and they both need um, they both need defensemen. They really do, but we do <laughs> <laughs> we do have um, a couple of other guys to talk about in uh, Yuraslavkovsky, who is you know, a huge element in this draft and has come on strong, especially because of his play internationally. And so we want to talk about him and uh, some other potential picks in that top five area coming up. In the previous segment, I referred to Matt Savoy as one of the guys that should be on the Flyers draft pick board for that fifth overall pick. Another guy who likely won't be there but could be an option for the Montreal Canadiens is Yaroslavkovsky, 
We have been talking about him a lot on our show, and I talked about him a lot, obviously, um, covering the Olympics for Locked On NHL. And so I his name just rolls off the tongue right now for me pretty easily. But I do want to talk about both of them because they're just such a, a different way to go, right? Because Matthew Savoy is a small, dynamic forward, and... Uh, Yaroslav Kovsky is a big guy who parks himself in front of the net and does a lot of great things uh, offensively, um, but is also smart in his own way. So I think that Savoy is going to be a little bit lower in the rankings, so I'm not sure he's an option for Montreal. But if you're looking for a, a dynamic offensive player, what are your two main things that you want to differentiate between them, Russ? Yeah, I mean, if, if Savoy were you know, six foot, he would be in this conversation, but he's not. So I get why he's not going to be. It's just the way the, the hockey world is at the moment. Maybe the game changes again over time. Slikovsky, look, he was at, at the combine. He he was basically like a presidential wannabe. He, he was out there and he's like, yeah, I spoke to him. And yeah, I think I should be the first overall. And <clears throat> yeah, I know Shane said this, but that's his thoughts and whatever. Like, I get it. He's flexing his arms. He's showing how big he is. I get all of that. The offensive ability is there. The skating's really good. I mean, again, the world championships were good. They weren't great. Like, there was no Russia. There was a lot of players not there from the U.S., but he's a young guy, so he still did well. Same thing with the Olympics. Were they the best Olympics as far as rosters? No, but... Again, you can't take that away from a young guy being able to, you know, play up in age. And so he's been able to do that. I just feel like with him, uh, especially if he went to a place like Montreal, I think the pressure would be immense for him. I think Wright knows how to deal with pressure because he's been playing in Canada all this time and he knows about it. He's had a target on his back and, and he knows how to deal with all that. I don't think Slepkovsky could deal with that. While this was a happy-go-lucky kind of setting, there could be a, a moment a year or two into his career where you're getting into Galchenyuk territory and having to explain <laughs> like maybe why the offense isn't there and what you're doing every day and what are you doing to prepare. And I could see Slavkovsky getting mad at that because, you know, he is really good and he has gotten to this point and he is a prideful guy and he is super talented. But I just think that part's not a match. I, I look at Slavkovsky's talent too, and like the offense, he's a phenomenal offensive player. No one has yeah. ever said otherwise. It's just, I look at what the needs of the Canadians are right now too, and I look at this and go, they have a lot of wingers right now, some of which who are going to get moved out, but they've got other guys coming up in the system that they're going to want to get out of the AHL into regular NHL time. And I don't know if Slavkovsky is that guy for this upcoming year to fill that spot. Yeah, he had a really good Olympic game. But like you said, it was not against your traditional Olympic opponents. World right. championships, you know, okay, he was over a point per game. But it's also, you know, some of the guys who were cast-offs from the NHL, teams who were limited in the playoffs and such, still very impressive for I a I mean, young one guy. game, just so people know, one game the U.S. played four defensemen. Because, yeah, exactly, because they lost a bunch. They didn't register Jordan Harris, another player. And it's like <laughs> – it, 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 it I'm, I don't want to call it a joke because it is taken no. seriously, but it's not nearly as like, you know, impressive in the grand scheme of things is that I think Slavkovsky is a great player. And if the Canadians are going to pick someone other than Shane Wright at first overall, I'm hoping they're picking Logan Cooley, who we talked about before, or Matthew Savoy here. They need a center down. They need someone who can step in and be in that middle six role behind Nick Suzuki this upcoming season. 
And if they play better than that, great. You move them up like we were talking about. Well, Slavkowski is saying he could play center now, and apparently there are a few teams that believe it or at least are talking themselves into it. I can't tell you I've ever, I've ever seen it, and I don't think any of us have ever seen it because it was years, a couple of years ago. So now this is like, do you believe he could play center? And that's where I don't think the Canadians should take that risk. No. We well, and this, this is where the New Jersey Italy. Devils are the team that takes that kind of risk and has right. it fail. That is like without question. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Canadians went through this with the Sperry Kotkaniemi is that, yes, I played center, but the drafter, you mostly played on the wing. And then it just, it never crystallized the way that it needed to. I don't, Galax, don't overthink this if you're Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, both of whom I think are very smart people and know what they're doing here. If he says he can play center at the last minute going into this, that, that's a pitch, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a presidential yes. candidate saying I'm going to give free chocolate bars to everybody. Yep. If you elect me, don't, don't hey, fall for that. Hey, he's got my vote then. <laughs> it, coffee crisp for everybody uh, at the draft. Arrow, uh, arrow bars for me. Uh, if it's Ooh. coffee crisp, I'm not voting for him. Ooh, I do love arrow bars though. So <laughs> I, I can make this work. We can make this, but regardless, don't fall for the last minute Billy Mays sales pitch here, but right. wait, I can play center too. no, 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 you, you haven't and, played and, center at that level. And the important no. thing is I, I've never looked at Slavkowski as a good two-way player. Maybe he'll turn into that, but he's not right now either. Yeah, it, it's it's a last-minute sales pitch. to, And that's the thing is the draft combine and the interviews, you are selling yourself as a yes. player. We, we both sat through enough where they get up there and say, yeah, I had a great thing. And it's like I did three pull-ups, but you know what? They were the best three pull-ups at this <laughs> entire combine kind of thing. <laughs> I, I get it, and I just I I like him as a player, and I'm willing to be wrong on that. But at the same time, I don't see him being better than what Shane Wright's doing right now. The body of work is so different. Looking what the Canadians need, a team like the Devils, yeah, you can take that risk. You have Jack Hughes, you have Nico Heischer, you have other pieces. Montreal doesn't have that. They're starting from a different point here. And if they had still Kotkaniemi or Philip Deneau, then I could understand it. But they don't, and. Fact of the matter is, I don't even think the Canadians feel bad that they lost Kokanami at this point. I don't, I, and they shouldn't I, the probably. Fans don't. That's yeah. for sure. Um, and it's no like, slide on the kid. I think he's a decent player, but he's not what you know people were building him up to be. No, uh, and that's a hard part. I look at Slavkovsky and go that if you reach for this, you're going to go through the same thing again, and you're going to watch the guy that you could have taken. You know, even they're not uber impressive, but they're solid and NHL regulars. You're going to regret it for the rest of your tenure there. And I think fans are going to be mad at that. And I don't, we don't want to go through that all again, basically. I would but agree, but I Matthew will say Savoy. I love his personality. Hmm? Yes. Personality, I can see. Yeah. So Matthew Savoy then, Russ, in terms of him being an option for the Habs or for him to fall to the Flyers. Yeah, I think he I think he will fall to the Flyers and I think the Flyers will have to make a decision like they made on Cole Caulfield right or wrong uh is are we going to take the smaller player who very dynamic we think he may be able to play center but even if he plays wing he'll be great. Uh I do think there's a chance he'll play center 
but that's fine. We don't have to even worry about that today. We just have to worry about everything else. Now people are starting to say, well, he doesn't really have elite skating. Yeah, but Matthew Savoy knows where to go on the ice. You don't have to be an elite skater if you know where to go and you know where the puck's going to be and you're a good scorer, which he is. And he's also a guy that's a terrific two-way player but also makes players around him better. Go look at the numbers. Like, I don't know, is that what the Flyers thought about Connor McLennan? Maybe. But certainly Connor McLennan uh, benefited from Matt Savoy, at least on the power play, if nothing else. So everybody benefits from playing with the guy. He's like, if you listen to him speak at the combine, it was like having another coach. And it is good to have another player like that on the ice for a coach because that becomes like the coach's best friend. Like, hey, I don't have to do all this here. I can let this guy do some of the talking and the players really buy into it much better that way. So, you know, if I'm the Flyers, I have to have a hard conversation because while they would like and do need that um, defensive position, they need playmakers too. Like when you lose Giroux and Voracek, no matter what you thought about their play and everything else, they were stone cold guaranteed for a certain amount of points playmakers in this league. Now the Flyers are lacking that. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting times for the Flyers. And like Russ and I have been talking about on our show that in this draft in particular, we really have to think about not where the Flyers are at this very moment, but where they're going to be in two right. to three years. That it's important to think about that and not just go for, oh, this year they supposedly got pushed around too much and they're not physical enough. You don't want to just take the big guy because this guy isn't going to be ready for two or three years. And you have to think about the overall prospect pool that you have and what direction the league is going in. Overall but here's also in the worry, Rachel. What's in fashion. Yeah, the worry is, let's say Yerichek is there at five. Uh, they could bring him right over. They could give him his nine games and talk themselves into it like Lucas Beza or somebody like that. Like, hey, let's just keep him in the lineup or we'll put him in the Phantoms for a while. And maybe, you know, after 20 games, we'll bring him up. That that's going to be there. Like that temptation is going to be there. Yeah. They... It, it really is. And I, I just don't want the flyers to have knee jerk reactions to anything right now. But unfortunately they're in a position where they're going to feel that pressure. Chuck Fletcher is feeling that pressure. I'm sure whoever the coach winds up being is going to feel <laughs> that pressure and uh, depending on who that is, they're going to do what they want to do versus, listen to those voices or not i mean i think some of the different candidates are have different philosophies on that front some of yeah, them, at least montreal knows who their yeah. coaches yeah <laughs> for right now anyway <laughs> all right we want to thank russ and rachel for giving so much time to us to discuss the nhl draft the flyers rebuilding the montreal canadians the combine everything if you missed yesterday's episode where we talked about what Russ experienced at the Combine in Buffalo, you're going to want to go check that out. So many good stories, so much information to help add to everything happening going into the NHL draft. You can follow them at Lockdown Flyers. Russ is at Sportsology on Twitter. Rachel's at Miriam on Twitter. And you can follow our show at Lockdown, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. LockdownCanadians at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions for the mailbag. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. And when you're done checking us out, please check out Lockdown NHL. We're going to have all the stuff from the Stanley Cup final, draft season, new coaching hires, everything from all of our local experts. So make sure you're following Lockdown NHL as well.